Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. And so, so I put on the audio Bible. I'm like, you know, I can listen to this. And so I did the audio Bible. I'm sitting there drinking my coffee. And it occurs to me, wait a minute. Last night, LeBron was going for the scoring record. And, and, and so like literally... I caught myself, I'm listening to the audio Bible and I'm scrolling Instagram at the same time and I'm like, dope, whoa, what a shot. And it occurred to me, how are you trying to read the Bible and scroll Instagram? What is wrong with you, bro? You are so distracted. So phone's like a big one. Anybody else, uh, what are some things that are distracting to you? Home renovations. Home renovations. Did you say car wrecks? Oh, your Rubik's Cube for sure, yeah. Ezra, what's the distraction? Video games, video games, school. Uh, how about like, like, do you have any random things that bother you? Like just people that make weird noises? Like, okay, so, so I, I found there's people on both sides of this. Who you cannot stand, you want to jump out of a window, like nails on a chalkboard when someone clicks a pen. Anybody like the, like the pen clicking bothers you? Yeah, we've got a couple clickers right now. A couple clickers. Uh, anybody, anybody, what about this? The person that chews like this. I have a friend, and I know uh, Dusty Goddard, by the way, in case you know Dusty. Uh, he, he cannot stand the. And so if I think about it, when I share a meal with, with him uh, and when we're hanging out, I try to chew like really loud, like just because I know he's like, oh, but the, the reality is we, we live in a world uh, full of distractions. And um, I, I want to kind of say up front what I'm not talking about and what I am talking about. Um, Some distractions are unavoidable. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like like some of them, it's like, it's not your fault. Like I I was uh, reading my Bible with someone in Starbucks a couple weeks ago, and um, there's four people in Starbucks, me, this person, and two other people. And, And they're like on the other side of Starbucks, but they're talking so loud. Like I think they were trying to get like, God's attention. They were talking so loud. And I'm trying to like listen to what this person's saying. And ha- have you ever tried to give someone the eye, hoping they would see it and like get the picture? And so I kept on looking at this guy like, and I mean, like we, we can't help it. This dude's loud. I can't say anything. Distraction. Um, currently, right now, uh, I feel like my face is going to explode because of whatever allergies are going on in the air. Like I went to the restroom, washed my hands, and I'm like, it looks like I've been like doing drugs. My eyes are so bloodshot. Like what is happening? And so I, I feel like my face is just all like, and it's a distraction. I can't help that the air is attacking me. But, but, but some distractions actually are ones that we create. Some distractions are actually ones that we invite into our life. We spend money and we take time to intentionally bring them into our life. And, and I don't want to talk about unavoidable distractions. That's life. Welcome to life. But I want to talk for the next number of weeks about distractions that we actually invite into our life. We make the decision to bring them into our life. And whether we, we, we realize it or not, they take our attention away from Jesus. And, and how I want to approach tonight is I kind of want to, I, I want to use logic tonight. And anybody, are you a very logical person? Like you just think about things very, very logically. Uh, it occurred to me that I was a logical person when I was about uh, seven or eight years old. Because here's what I did not understand. Uh, 
we, we had a rule in our house. Some of you heard me tell the story before. We had a rule in our house that we were not allowed to leave for school. A- anybody, can you complete this sentence? Maybe it's the rule in your house. Until our, our beds were made, yes, and our rooms were clean. It's like, hey, we're not going to school. So the bed's made and the room was clean. And one day it occurred to me. I said, can I ask you a question, Mom? Who's coming to our house today while we're at school? No one. Follow me, Mom. When I get back from school, who's going to be in my room? No one. So you're trying to tell me there's not a single soul that will be in my room until I return from school and I get back in my bed tonight. Does it make any sense to you? I gotta make. I just. It logically doesn't make sense to me. Why am I making my bed? No one's coming over, and and I kind of want want to use logic tonight, and and I want to kind of set up um, something that the Bible tells us, and and then pivot to talk about distraction. And just so you know, so you don't get distracted, I'm gonna tell you when we're gonna pivot. But you gotta get what I want you to get before we get to the distraction part. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get it. Okay, okay. So I asked you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Um, I was going to say it in Spanish, and then I got really nervous. I'm like, I don't know how to say 22 in Spanish. Um, Viente dos, is that how you say it? Wait, what is it? Venti dos, that's a, that's a cup size at Starbucks, bro. Uh, I'd like a venti dos. Um, okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, we're going to read verses, uh, that's the wrong sermon, um, silly iPad, almost that's stupid, but that would be offensive, um, uh, just said it, um, okay, let, let's just go with the screen, we'll go Matthew 22, uh, we're going to read verses 36 through 38, I believe it is, uh, This passage, obviously, Jesus is speaking, but he's responding to a question. Someone comes and someone says, teacher. Someone should say, teacher. Teacher. Tomorrow, before you ask your teacher a question, say, teacher, and just see what they do. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? In other words, break it down for me, Jesus. What is the most important thing above everything else? And Jesus says in verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38, he says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. Go back with me to verse 37. Let's read that again. Jesus says this. He says, the the first, the greatest commandment, it is to to love. Someone say love. love. Okay, now, now let, let me br- break this word love down for you. Uh, this word love is not just a feeling. It's not just an emotion. Um, like, I love tacos. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, I love steak. Can I get an amen? amen. The, the, oh, I think I told you the other day, someone was making steak at church. We got a grill, man. And so we, it occurred to us, why are we not grilling? Why are we going to McDonald's? Wait, let's grill. And so someone was grilling and, uh, with his front office lady. And I said, ah, Cindy. So you grilling a steak? And she goes, oh, I'm a vegan. I've been a vegan for 30 years. I'm like, I'm so sorry to offend you. She does not love steak, apparently. But, but, but like, love is not just a feeling. This word actually, if you, if you translate the original language, it, 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 it means something more like action. It's, it's love demonstrated and proved by action, by the way you live. It is to 
actively love, care about, uh, think about the needs of someone. Give yourself to, to bless, serve, honor them. And Jesus says, you want to know what the greatest commandment is? It is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Someone say heart. This word heart, what it refers to is not like your physical heart, but what it refers to is the central most part of your life. It, it's the center of your being. He goes, love the Lord your God, like from the, the center part of your life. Make God the central focus and priority of your life. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all, I wish I could find this sermon, with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Someone say soul. Soul, this word means like all of your passion, all of your emotion, all of your energy and your efforts and the, the passionate part of you. And it says, love the Lord you go with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. One of the things I don't think we, we, we talk about enough is the fact that Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your mind. See, we like, I, I think we're good with the heart and soul part. Not that like, we apply it, but I think we understand it because that's like the worship one. It's like, oh God, oh God, we're here at camp and I don't even know why I'm weeping, but I'm weeping and I'm crying and I got goosebumps and it's, it's just a vibe in here right now. God, I don't like, why am I on my knees? I don't know, but I'm just like, ah, like God, you are. And, and like, we, like we, we get the whole like mushy gushy. I got goosebumps like, God, you have all of me. But something we don't often talk about is the fact that Jesus goes, and also you should be loving, serving, actively giving God your mind. Like, like using your intellectual ability to think about him, to, 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 to creatively come up with ways to serve him and honor him. To intentionally put your focus and your attention and your mental energy towards, towards him. Like, like we understand this in, in physical relationships. I know some people in the room are dating. Some people in the room are engaged. Uh, some people in the room are married. Um, but like, it would not fly at all if next Tuesday, anybody know what, know, know what next Tuesday is? Valentine's Day. A couple of you are like, I'm hoping to get a valentine it's actually like matt was up here and i'm like year of jubilee year of valentine jubilee thank you jesus um how many of you know it would not fly next tuesday if the whole day went by and my wife's like hey um so i don't want to say anything but like it's valentine's day like you haven't like talked to me today like you've been kind of busy like there's no flowers there's no gift like it's no card it would not fly if I was like, oh, psh, whoa, totally slipped my mind. But there's an expectation that because I'm in a relationship with someone on a day like Valentine's Day, that I would think that I would use my brain and I would remember and, and put my attention and my focus on loving and honoring this person on that day. We don't think about that with God a lot of times. God, you have my passion. Yeah, but does he have your thinking? Yeah, but does he have your focus? Yeah, but do you use your brain? Like, like, like and I'm, I'm not picking. This is just, it, it, it's occurring to me while I'm talking. But, but it's like, I don't know, man. 
I just like, I can't read the Bible, bro. I just don't get it. Okay. Like me too. I just read Leviticus this morning, kind of. Um, but, but how often do we go? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get it just like first glance, but Jesus said I'm supposed to be loving and serving and honoring God with my mind. Am, am I even intellectually putting forth the effort to say, God, I want to know and grow in my understanding of who you are. In other words, what Jesus says is that, that God should be the central focus of our life. You're going to have to help me with the computer because I do not have notes up here. And so you're going to have to help me a little bit. Um, uh, point number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I think I remember how it's worded, but let's go with the screen first. Point number one, if you're taking notes. Yes, God should be the central focus of our entire life. There is a, uh, not, not a quote, but just a little paragraph or sentence I want to read to you. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Uh, that sentence would be awesome to throw up there right now. Um, it's, yeah, I, what, no, I'm, I'm just going to wing it, bro. Never mind. Okay. So don't say, oh boy. Who said, oh boy. Someone's like, oh boy, here we go. Come on. I wing it every week. Okay. Um, so, so number one, God should be the central focus of our entire life. So, so this is what Matthew 22 tells us that our whole life, I was going to like read you this sentence, but I'll just tell you as I remember it. Um, but like God, he should be the central focus of our life and the priority, someone say priority. priority. The priority of our life should be growing in relationship with God, becoming more like Jesus and walking and living out the purpose and plan he has for our life. Hey, hey, uh, Jesus, what's like the most important thing like ever? And he goes, oh, easy, man. God wants to be the center of your whole life. He wants, he wants, your, he wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. The center part of your life should be loving God, growing in relationship with him, becoming more like Jesus and and walking out the plan he has for your life. This is the central focus of our life. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 21, I believe it is. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says, nope, uh, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, I believe it is. Whatever the first one in Matthew, yeah. Uh, Jesus goes, do not, someone say do not. Do not store it for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal verse 20 but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal verse 21 for wherever your treasure is there the desire of your heart will also be jesus goes um do not put the, 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 the whole center part of your life on temporary things. Like this, this life is short. This earth is not our home. And it doesn't matter how many things you get, how much money you have, how successful you are. All of it very shortly will mean nothing. Nothing. Jesus goes, don't, don't, don't do that but rather make the treasure the thing that you're giving your life to things that will last forever. 
eternal things. And I want you to see something. There's kind of like a logical reason because this isn't going to last, but that will. But then there's another reason. Verse 21, put, put it up there again. The other reason is this. Because wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Now let, let, let's just quickly make sure we're on the same page and we, we're, we're, we're tracking. Um, yes or no, does God want our entire heart and to be the central focus of our life? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. So Jesus goes, the greatest commandment is to give God your everything. And Jesus also says, you, you know what? I, I would really encourage you, advise you, command you even to like put your treasure in eternal things because wherever your treasure goes, guess what? Your heart goes also. Has anybody ever given you this advice before? Man, just follow your heart. Anyone ever told you this before? You ever heard, like maybe they don't use those words, but they're like, oh man, like you just like, bro, like do what you're passionate about, man. Like, bro, you just gotta follow your passions, follow your gut. Can I tell you, it's the worst advice ever. Not because, thank you, not, not because necessarily your passion is bad, but, 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 but because of this, your heart, someone say heart. heart. Your heart's a follower, not a leader. We often act like our heart is a leader. Yeah, man, I just got to be led by my passions. Okay, that's really dumb, but okay. And I think it's dumb because my heart's not a leader, actually. The Bible tells me my heart's a follower. So wherever I'm putting my, my treasure, Brandon, define for me treasure. Really, just simply uh, your time, your talent, and your money. Where I spend my time how I use the giftings God's given me and how I spend my, it's a revealer of where, where your treasure is. Like, like do, do, do you, you want to know what the most important things to you are? Look in the last six months. What have you spent your money on? Where have you spent your time? And what has consumed your cellular device? What, what, what are the most frequently watched YouTube videos what, 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 what are you researching? What, what, what are you looking up? Where's your money? Like the treasure of our life, it's, it's seen in where we spend our time, how we spend our money, where our mental energy and focus. And Jesus goes, listen, bro, wherever you put your treasure, your heart is going to follow. And I'm saying you should put your treasure in him because he wants to be the center part of your life. All right, so this is where we're going to, to pivot. Someone say pivot. All right, but I got to make sure like, like, we're, like we're good before we pivot. So just one more time, yes or no, God wants to be the central part of our entire life, yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so, so we're good here. So l let's just be logical for a second, okay? We're going to be logical. So if God wants to be the central focus of my life, then why? Someone tell me why. Why is that often not the case? Because can we just be honest tonight? For a lot of us, myself included, there are parts of our life, sometimes the, the, the whole of our life, that God is an afterthought at best. God, God, he's a part of our life when he is comfortable and convenient or we need him. He's a part of our life because God put me in this family 
we like got to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. My parents are all like, you're like, you're going to love God. I'm like, okay, well, I guess like that's a part of my life. But if we're honest, he doesn't have our whole. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because for many of us, we are distracted. So I want to pivot. I want to read you two verses. And it really is kind of what I want you to see tonight as we start the series. Where we're starting tonight and um, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about some really fun things uh, that are going to be really fun to talk about and not fun to talk about at the same time. Uh, we're going to talk about things like things like relationships, things like dating. We're going to talk about things like social media, things like the content we consume, um, and things that none of them are bad. Which, by the way, this will make sense in a minute. None of them are bad. It's just that if we're not careful, they consume us. So I want to go to two scriptures, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, we'll go there first. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and Paul says this. You say, I'm allowed to do everything or anything, but not everything is good for you, you say. I'm allowed to do every, anything, but not everything is beneficial. Let me, let me do this because it'll be quicker than, than going to, uh, to the computer because it's right here on my iPad. Um, if I have internet, thank you, Jesus, for internet. Praise the Lord. Just can, can someone just say, thank you, Jesus, for the internet. Thank, oh, well, what will we do without the internet? We wouldn't, we wouldn't know how to live. How did Jesus live without the internet? Um, I, I want to read this to you for a second from the New King James Version, because I, I like the way it says it. Paul writes this in the New King James Version. All things, someone say all things. all things. He goes, all things are lawful for me. All things. All things are lawful for me, but listen to this but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. So, so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, he goes, here's the, here's the deal, guys. All things are lawful. In other words, what he's saying is, uh, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about good or bad. It's not about sin or, or not sinful. He goes, all things are lawful, but here's the reality. Not everything in my life is beneficial. Now, we're going to go backwards real quick. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Throw, throw it up on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says the same thing in an earlier verse. Uh, in New King James, awesome. He says it this way. He says, all things are lawful for me. Again, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not. Someone say, I will not. I will not. But I will not. I will not. Where'd you go, New King James Version? Why are you messing with me? You guys playing tricks on me? What's going on in here? Thank you so much. But I will not be brought under the power of any of them. If you're taking notes, write this down. Point number two, it's kind of a lengthy point. Uh, but point number two, write this down if you're taking notes. Uh, simply is this decision-making should be based not on right or wrong, but on helpful or hurtful. See, the, the, the reason I think that so many of us live distracted lives, which again, let's just get on the same page. If you can admit to me tonight, admit to your brothers and sisters in Christ that there are parts of your life that are distracted, just join me. Let's, let me see your hand. Just like, hey, like it's as all of us. I mean, for, for crying out loud, I was just watching LeBron James shoot basketball shots while I was reading the Bible this morning. Good Lord, I'm distracted. So like, I think why we're distracted is because for so many of us, this is how we make decisions. We make decisions based on right or wrong. 
I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the totality, my 15 years of being a youth pastor, and a lot of them go like this, oh, Pastor Brandon, ah, it's not bad, it's not sin, it's not wrong, it's, it's fine. Hey, are, are, are you sure you should be? Oh my gosh, like, come on, like, it's not sin. And, and, and we make decisions like this. Well, is it, is it sin? No. I'm in. Well, well, it's like, but, 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 it, but is it wrong? No. Cool, man. Sign me up. And, and what the Apostle Paul is telling us in these verses is that there are things that are not sinful. There are things that, that, that they're not wrong. They're not bad. They're not evil. They're just not helpful. There are things that are, they're not sin, they're not bad, they're not evil. They just don't benefit us. And he, he writes to us in these two verses. He says, listen, all things are lawful, but not all things help me. All things are like per- permissible, but not everything is pushing me forward and helping me and by the way, I don't want to be brought under the pressure, the bondage of, of anything. You, you, you might say, it's where I want to kind of play with your logic. You might say, Brandon, helpful for what? Well, let's go backwards real quick. What is the most important thing in our whole life according to Jesus? It's making God the central part of our life. According to Jesus... The most important, the greatest commandment is allowing God to be the centermost focus of our life. God, you have my heart, you have my mind, you have my soul. My priority, it's, it's loving you and serving you and growing in my relationship with you, having an intimate relationship with you. God, my priority, it's becoming more like you and living out the plan. That's the central part of our life. Now, whether you agree or not, that's up to you. But according to Scripture, Jesus goes, here is the most important thing, which in light of this 1 Corinthians 6 and 13, we can say, well, is it, is it helpful for me in the main thing? Like, let's just, just talk about some random things, which, but like, by the way, um, I feel like I have to say this, but most of these things I like fully participated in when I was in high school, and so I'm not like throwing shade on anybody. I'm just like, it's just, just realities. But, but like, l- let's just talk about things like the hobbies we have. I'm so involved in like this sport or this activity or this club or, or, or this thing. Let's talk about dating relationships. I'm all in on this person right now. Let's talk about, about our cell phones and all the social media and content and things that we are consuming. Let's talk about things like, um, like extracurricular activity that we're doing because somehow this might be. There's so many things that we pay money for. There's so many things that we spend time and energy and attention. And by the way, according to scripture, it's not even about whether or not they're bad or evil or sinful. I remember talking to, to a student a long time ago, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about you. Like, Why? Well, because you were like super passionate about God, and now I never see you in church like ever. I know, man. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, uh, I'm on the golf team now. 
And I'm like, I'm all in. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of my point though. Like, well, what brand? Like golf's not Santa. Like, if you, like, by the way, here's an indicator. If you get mad defensive about it, it's probably a problem. If you get super defensive about it, it's probably something that's become an idol in your heart. And here's your sign. That's probably not healthy. Whoa, 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 man, bro. Are you telling me golf is a sin? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's all I'm saying. I'm just asking the question, is this thing that you're all invested into, it's not sinful, is it helping you? Is it propelling you forward in who God wants you to be? Now, here's the part where, where I say, that doesn't mean that, that the, the conclusion of the sermon is like, all right, so guys, as, as we close tonight, I want you to write down everything you're involved in right now. Come on, Ari's gonna pass out papers to everybody. I want you to write down every, every hobby you have. Write down every app on your phone. Matter of fact, just bring your phones up and we're gonna light a fire tonight and we're gonna burn them all to God. And say, God, we give you our hearts and we burn our hobbies. Like that, that's weird. But what I am saying is we, we really should ask the question and we should consider tonight these things that I'm, that I'm spending so much money and time and energy and effort. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's sin. So not the point. But God, is this thing distracting me? Jesus, you said that the focus of my life, it should be, it should be you. That God, you should have the central part of my heart. And God, this thing that, it's not bad, it's not sin, it's not wrong, it's fine. But God, is it something that like Paul writes, I've actually been brought under now. And now I'm actually being robbed of time and energy and thought to, to give to you because I've been consumed by this. My, my friends, the question should not be right or wrong. Matter of fact, if you're taking notes, write this down, thought number three tonight, if you're taking notes. But uh, this really is how maturity is defined. Maturity is not defined by you just doing good things or bad things. Maturity is not defined by how much spiritual... No so maturity is defined by your decision-making. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, my kids do some chores at home, um, kind of, sometimes, occasionally they do chores at home. And uh, when they do chores, they give money. Uh, and and my, my daughter one of my daughters, when she gets money, are you like this? When she gets money, it, it burns a hole in her pocket. You know what I'm saying? And like she could have $2. And we go to the store and she's looking like, oh, what do I want? I, 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 I got $2. What? And like the other day she's like, can I get a Lunchable? Like, why? I have, I have $2. I want to like, okay. And, and her as a six-year-old, like, yeah, that's how you think about money. Like, I, I got it. I want to, but how many of you know the older you get, your maturity is, is seen in how you make decisions with your money. You start thinking about things like, like saving. You start thinking about things like, okay, the, like I do want a Lunchable, but it's not smart. And, and, and maturity spiritually, let me just tell you, it's, it, it's seen in realizing how you make decisions. And I think one of the primary ways it's seen is, is when you start making decisions based on helpful 
beneficial. This will propel me forward to love Jesus more, serve him more, follow him more, become more like him, rather than, it's not sin, so it's game. Like, like we'll, we, we, we will get to, to, to this in the weeks to come, and this is kind of just an introduction message, but let me tell you, there are so many things in high school that, that as a 34-year-old man looking backwards, I regret. And I don't regret them because they were sin. I'm, I'm, I don't regret them because like, yeah, bro, I just, here's my testimony tonight. When I was in high school, um, I really fell into you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I went on tour with this band. I went through the season, guys, where I only wore leather all the time. It's pretty intense, especially in the summer. It was hazardous to my health. And um, yeah, I, it, it was bad. And I was like, I, it's not like, I don't mean like that. Not like this weird. But there's so many things that looking backwards in high school, Matt, Matt was asking me earlier. He was like, you know, when you were in high school, like, like what was like the focus of your life? And I'm like, honestly, the only thing I cared about was I don't have fun was literally the only consuming thought in my mind was, I just want to have fun. Life is good. I got good friends. And I just want to have fun. And I look backwards and, and I, I, can, I can list so many decisions that I made. It's not sin. But looking backwards, I can see now. Man. God, God yes, I can see now. Uh, God, God was trying to do something in my life. And this decision making that I had, it's not sin, so I guess it's fine. It led to so many things that were so distracting. And I look backwards and I go, man, I like, like I missed it. I missed it. Kimberly, if you, if you want to come play, that'd be awesome. I'll give you an example while Kimberly comes up here. Uh, when I was 17 years old, uh, I did not know this, uh, but God knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. I, I didn't know that. When I was 17, about to graduate high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Had some ideas, had some thoughts. Church was the farthest thing from them. I was not thinking about being a pastor. And I got a phone call uh, from my old youth pastor. I lived in California for a long time. Then I moved here and I got a phone call from my youth pastor from California. He goes, hey. I'm like, oh, like a like, like, like long time no talk. Like, it's kind of random. He's like, yeah, man. Um, so uh, this, 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 this church I'm at right now, we're, we're, we're starting this internship program. And um, it's, it's only for people who are a couple years out of high school. So I know you're only 17, you're about to graduate. It's all for like people kind of in their like early 20s. Said, so, but man, we're starting this thing. And every time I, like, I, we, 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 we talk about it, God keeps putting you on my heart. And, and, and I can't tell you why, but, but I really feel like you're supposed to be a part of this. And because I'm a pastor's kid, and I know I, and I, I know the right answers, what do you think I said? I go, oh, oh, Pastor Mark. I, I was literally standing in my garage, and I'm like, oh, Pastor Mark, wow, praise the Lord, brother. Jeez, whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Okay, um, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray about it. And so I'll pray about it. And I hung up the phone. And, and I remember, I probably said it out loud, but I remember in my heart, I went, you're right. Because all I could think about was I'm about to graduate high school and I got a girlfriend and I got a great group of friends and one of my friends has a boat and we, like, it's like this summer, 
is going to be about having the most. And all I could think about, not sinful stuff, was like, I just like, it's, it's all good. I look backwards and knowing, uh, knowing the fruit or the results of this internship program and the ministry of this church and knowing what God has called me to, I look backwards and go, oh, big miss, big miss. Because that was a God thing. I hadn't talked to this guy in like four years and, and randomly he thinks about me. God puts me on his heart for an internship program thing that I'm not even qualified for because I'm like four years too. And I look back and go, wow, man, I was so distracted. I was a pastor's kid, Christian, young man, who loved God, who was in church, only doing good things, yet so distracted. I was completely missing what God was trying to do in the center part of my life. I'm telling you, that is so many of our lives. We live so distracting. Can I tell you what the, what the deception is? The deception is, I'm not distracted, bro. I love God. I'm a Christian. I do good things. Cool. Awesome. But, but does he have your focus? Does Jesus have your heart? soul and your mind because I'm telling you God wants he wants to be the center part of your life here's what the Bible says Hebrews 11:6 that God he rewards someone say rewards God rewards those who diligently seek we hope you've been inspired by this word to help awaken your faith on a regular basis Subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.